0: Creativity is intelligence having fun. Supposedly, this is a quote from Albert Einstein, and even though there are some debate surrounding whether or not he said this, according to research, it seems that fun is an important ingredient to come up with the most creative and intelligent ideas. Creativity is a skill that so many corporations and businesses aspire to foster and harness However, businesses often struggle to create a conducive environment for this, especially in workplaces riddled with dull meetings and never-ending PowerPoint presentations. Many businesses place great importance on intelligence, but forget the fun. And that is what our guests today are trying to change in the corporate world. Hi, my name's Sam Breakgear and you're listening to Brainspike Back, your podcast exploring the intersection between psychology and technology. In this episode of the podcast, we are joined by the chief creative architect and co-founder of FunWorks, a creative agency using neuroscience research to bring fun into the corporate setting, allowing businesses and their employees to achieve their creative potential, Kenny White. Alongside Kenny, we are also joined by a neuroscience expert and the former creative architect at FunWorks, Erica Fortescue. In the episode, Kenny explains how a road trip from Alaska to Costa Rica led him to become a co-founder of the company and how the company created fun workshops in business environments based on the founder's experience of writing and sketch comedy groups. He highlights how the company uses sketch comedians alongside graphic illustrators to record ideas in image form to create an environment of fun and laughter to produce content. Erica also explains how her work alongside some of the most pre-eminent neuroscientists and psychologists in the world allowed her to optimize FunWorks creative process. You will learn what the phrase neurons that fire together, wire together means, how we get stuck in thinking loops that stifle our creativity, and how to get out of these loops. Hint, involves driving through a house, metaphorically. She also shares with our listeners what fMRI and EEG studies tell us about how our unconscious produces creative ideas and how we bring them to the surface. The pair also gives examples of unique work environments they produced to help come up with ideas, like how they rented out the Swedish-American hall and sat in Viking chairs to come up with a new promotional video for the game, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which became the best-selling game in the franchise's history, with 1.7 million copies sold at launch. And finally, Erica explains how open-ended questions can lead to better ideas, and even though this sounds straightforward, Erica provides an example that highlights how fun works takes an unconventional yet effective approach to this. Now, if you like this episode, some previous ones from the Brain Spike Back catalogue that you might enjoy are Increasing Happiness with Evidence-based techniques, the science behind learning soft skills and hard skills with neuroscience specialist Todd Maddox, and Living Everywhere and Nowhere, what it's really like to be a digital nomad. And remember to subscribe to back wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode, including next week's episode, where we share an interview I did with the hosts of Psychology After Dark, a podcast examining the dark sides of psychology and the human experience. And in this episode, we explore the moral, ethical, and political underpinnings of dark web markets. Disclosure, this episode contains a client of an Espacio portfolio company. Kenny and Erica, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves and explain what FunWorks is, please?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm Kenny. I'm I'm the co-founder and chief creativity architect at FunWorks. And so we're a creative agency that really specializes in using fun to unlock creative ideas. And with the help of Erica, we've actually found a way to do that that's based on the latest research from neuroscience and psychology. So it's actually been really fun to kind of get her perspective to help us figure out how to do what we do.
2: So I'm Erica Fortescue. I was the founding creativity architect at FunWorks, and my job was to create a research platform for designing environments that took a very new and effective approach to generating creative collaboration for FunWorks. And I'm going to let Kenny talk a bit about how we got to this new place and how FunWorks was created.
1: Okay, so everyone tells the story differently, but I'll, I'll kind of tell my own personal story, which is, you know, before FunWorks was created, I've been working in ad agencies for about a decade. I had fun at the beginning, but by the end, I was exhausted. Um, <laughs> I wasn't very inspired. And, and I was like, is this, just, is this just me? Is it like the industry I'm in? And then I was talking to friends and everyone, no matter what industry they in, were kind of like feeling like this low level depression, like once they were reaching kind of that 10 year mark of their career. So then for me, what I decided to do is like, I'm going to do something totally different. I need to recharge. I need to refill my idea tank. So my wife and I actually bought an old VW van and we decided to drive from Alaska to Patagonia and take a year to kind of do that. It's funny, we actually chose an old VW van because we're like, oh, you know, it'll probably break down. I don't know how to fix a car, but the best adventures happen when like things break down and you got to figure out what to do next. (laughs) So I was doing that. And then about a year into the trip, we had actually finally made it to Costa Rica. We were running out of money. Um, so we decided to, to fly back to San Francisco just to freelance for a few months. And um, while I'm back there, um, I actually just hanging out one day with my friend uh, Paul Charney, who's the original founder of Funworks and, and also kind of our CEO. And at the time, we're just going back and forth. He's talking about how he wants to start FunWorks, how he was kind of in the same place where he's like, look, when I was in kind of a writer's room environment doing sketch comedies, like the number of ideas I came up with, they happened so exponentially fast. And when I'm kind of working in, you know, this siloed business environment, supposedly one of the most creative places on earth, like I actually feel really stifled and things are moving so slow. So like, what the hell is going on? And so he wanted to start something around having fun. And... At that time, he's also telling me about his first client that he landed that just didn't have enough money to pay for rounds and rounds of iteration and going back and forth. And so he's like, I have an experiment I want to try. I actually want to do a writer's room environment, you know, similar to my sketch comedy roots. And so he's like, I'm going to get the client in there. I'm going to get sketch and improv people in there. And we're just going to have this writer's room. But he's like, I just don't have anyone to design this first session. I actually have no idea what's about to happen. And so this is when I kind of stepped in. I was like, oh that sounds fun. you need help like designing something that's strategic, but also is really fun and gets people in flow. And so I just kind of like helped him out. And I kind of stumbled upon the fact that I was actually pretty good at that of like mixing something that is incredibly strategic with something that's incredibly fun. And so it was actually kind of at that point that I, I realized the next twist in my adventure wasn't to go learn how to salsa dance in Colombia uh, in a couple of weeks. It was actually to kind of Help stick around and build a company whose North Star was fun. And so for all the success that, you know, I feel like I had in those early days of experimenting and kind of recreating that writer's room environment, like I was still working on intuition. And I think FunWorks really started to find its um, special sauce when Erica and Paul kind of had a fateful dinner and just started to talk about kind of the foundational psychology and neuroscience behind fun as a creative lubricant.
0: Awesome. I have to say that initially I wanted to do this podcast on FunWorks, but after hearing about your adventure, you went from Alaska to Costa Rica, <laughs> and I, I could pick apart that story over the next. Hour oh my god! It. I
1: know. Well, this is where I see like, I really had to figure out how to reduce that story because yeah, I, it was so much fun. Um, <laughs> Stories for another
0: story. time, but um, absolutely. But yeah, I'd love to hear them. It's a shame, but um, regarding FunWorks though. I definitely think that you're onto something here. I know from like my background in psychology that when you get into a flow state and when you're really passionate about something, that's when things really come together and you you really are, at your like optimum for creativity. However, I'm interested to understand more about how you implement this in a more of a corporate setting. So I'd love to know like what services does FunWorks offer? Like how do you come into a business or how do you help companies? or anyone really, like who do you help and how do you do it essentially?
2: I'll jump in here because I'll tell you my my introduction to FunWorks. I think that gives you some more insight about the company and how it's very different. So I, um, first of all, I have to say, Kenny, the fact that you'd been in that van is really what made me want to work with you. So I don't know <laughs> if that, but I was like, when I first learned that, I was like, oh, this is somebody I want to partner with. And in fact, the three founders of the company are all really just brilliant, interesting people, which I think is key to why this whole thing uh, turned out to go so well. So I also got introduced to FunWorks through Paul Charney who is the CEO and one of the founders with Kenny and I've been Paul for since our 20s uh, when Paul had been in charge of launching a sketch comedy group in San Francisco and that was our shared group of friends. My husband was also involved And uh, we had never worked together. And we were out to dinner with our spouses one night. This is about five years ago. And just catching up on what we were doing. And so Paul started to tell me about these sessions that he was having with his clients, where he was inviting the clients in really early in the process, bringing sketch comedians in, creating this environment of fun and laughter, a very loose environment, and also inviting a a graphic illustrator to record the conversation so that everyone was just free to come up with ideas, but the recording of the ideas was happening in image form, and I'm listening to all of this, fascinated, right, and so I said to Paul, I said, I don't know if you realize, but What I have been doing for the past four years is launching a research center that's called the Center for Childhood Creativity. And I've been working alongside some of the most preeminent neuroscientists and psychologists in the world who have had a whole number of research breakthroughs that help us understand optimal environments for creative thinking and actually what happens in these moments of creative insight. And almost all of what you're saying in this environment you've set up, fits those things it aligns with all the things that research is now telling us create these environments for aha moments and so what i explained to him and what later you know led to us really working together was um you know essentially there's this idea that we don't even realize it but we have these habitual thinking loops so neuroscientists like to say the neurons that fire together wire together and if you don't know that term i bet you do sam but for anyone who's listening Neurons that fire together, wire together means the fact that once you've had a thought and that thought, you know, you have these two neurons and and the synapse connects, that thought becomes just that much more likely that you're going to have it again, right? So the next time you're in a similar triggered situation, the neurons that are fired together have a stronger connection. And so it builds on itself. The more often you have a particular thought, the more often you have a particular thought. So you start to get into these thinking loops that, you know, the metaphor that I, that I like to use is it's as if you're driving around in a cul-de-sac and you're just driving in circles in a cul-de-sac and you don't even realize that you're stuck, but you're not inventing new ideas. And so what needs to happen for you to get out of that is just to do something radically different. You need an element that that throws you out of that. So the driving in the cul-de-sac metaphor, I say just you have to drive straight through a house to get out of there. Something totally radically different, and that sounds really, really painful and dramatic. But in fact, in reality, it can be something as tiny as um, you know one of the things that that Fundworks will do when solving a problem is we'll pull out a, a random image card from the stack that we have. Uh, and shake things up by saying, okay, yeah, we're, you know, say the problem at hand is we're trying to, to help people think about how to change people's opinion of sparkling water. And what if we needed to, and then you pull something out of the stack, what if we had to somehow involve a, a rabbit in solving that problem? And, you know, everyone laughs because it's so weird, but suddenly you're forced to create this very unusual and unexpected combination And even if your ultimate solution does not end up involving a rabbit, what you've done is you've gotten everyone out of that cul-de-sac and you've started to think in new directions. And what the neuroscience was showing, and really it was just coming out of the fact that suddenly scientists had access to both fMRI machines that showed us in precision, what areas of brain were activated alongside EEG machines that would tell us these sort of exact timing moments of activity was that when people had these aha moments, these moments of discovery that felt to them as if they had come up with it all in the spot, that wasn't actually what was happening. What was often happening was that the brain had been subconsciously developing a solution to the idea, often a brilliant solution. But because that person's thinking was so caught in that cul-de-sac, it wasn't even thinking broadly enough to become aware of that idea that was already formulated. So once everyone got loose and started either to laugh or, you know, this is when you go for a run uh, or, you know, something gets you loose and you see some new elements, you start to get exposed to something else, suddenly you gain access to that brilliant idea that was already in your brain, but you didn't even know it was there. And so what I saw and what Paul had created was this optimal environment for inviting the discovery of brilliant ideas. And it was from there that we started to build even further on what more can we do to take the research that's coming out of creative thinking and really push it into practical environments that help businesses advance what they're doing.
0: Yeah, I love that example. The rabbit and not only that, but the fact that you've uh, gone into such detail there with explaining it, I definitely have a much clearer understanding now of how this works and i think you're essentially kind of helping people get and businesses get out of ruts or breaking conventional habits in the sense that it's so easy to fall into a habit and so easy to get stuck into something and not really see that there's ways out of just the way you do things every day i haven't really articulated it that well but you did a great job so i'll (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave that with you hopefully you're enjoying the show and if you are make sure you subscribe and never miss an episode you can find us on all your usual podcast sites Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict and a whole lot more including YouTube. And we want to hear what you think, so be sure to leave us a review. Just search Brains Bite back wherever you get your podcasts. I would love to know um, how do you objectively measure the impact that you have on businesses and their employees?
1: Look, I think like there's a reason that we call ourselves Fun Works. Like
0: We actually thought
1: really hard about like, it needs to work, right? Like it needs to lead to business results. And so I think, again, like that's kind of like where I found I had the secret sauce of like, oh, wow, taking all this academia and and learning that Erica kind of brought and translating that, well, like now how do we solve real business problems? And I think obviously like for our clients, that's about business results, right? It's like, you know, if I'm working with ESPN, it's like they want to see that ratings are going up. But there's actually an interesting stat for us as a business that came up where procurement at our clients sometimes calls cost avoidance because we actually found 90% of the time we're landing on a creative idea that our clients want to buy the first time around, like the first round. And like for our industry, that's, that's super rare. I think most assignments just go on for rounds and rounds, months and months. You know, one of our other co-founders, Craig, has this really amazing story where it's like he was working on this one client for a year and a half They kept changing out teams. He kept showing them work. They finally bought an idea a year and a half later. And then all of a sudden, they didn't have any money to produce it because they'd spent all the money coming up with the idea over the last year and a half. And so we're like, how do we break that cycle? And so I think by bringing people together, we've been able to break that cycle. And and by getting people to kind of open up their imaginations, we're able to get to some more breakthrough work. And, you know, there's other fun things too, where it's like, you're asking us before about like some of the services that we do for clients. I think at our core, like we're developing breakthrough marketing for people and and that might be positioning work or brand and social campaigns. Maybe it's even product development at times, but there's some really fun stuff that's happening when we're taking, again, the science of of fun and putting people in this environment. Like there was one time we're helping the CW and they were launching Batwoman and, and Nancy Drew. And typically when a show is launching, corporate's going to put out some marketing, you know, maybe a couple major markets are going to do something local to try and build buzz. But this year like the marketing team was like, hey, we want to figure out how we're going to inspire all of our local markets, all our local affiliates to actually like do something beyond our standard playbook, you know, and running some spots. So, we actually had a really cool thing where we helped bring 200 people together from their side and just started to figure out how we got them to think differently, like kind of to Erica's kind of, you know, what would you do with a rabbit scenario i mean i think one idea that we had for them or one question we had asked them was like hey i want you to imagine that your your heroine is actually going to set up a store in your town like what might she do in that space and it was like a question that no one had ever been asked before and so all of a sudden like when you think about activations and you think about building buzz like you're really coming at it and trying to embody who this person is as opposed to just coming at as a marketer and being like oh i need to hit these kpis
0: yeah i think that that really came through to me when you are talking about that then uh, in the form of that Assassin's Creed Valhalla video. With my
1: 17-step program, each and every one of you will be given the tools to reach the
0: Hall of Viking Legends. Valhalla! I checked that out before the podcast, and I have to say that was very entertaining. I played the, uh, Assassin's Creed when I was younger, but I haven't really engaged with the game much at all, really. But having watched that video, it really did... Solidify like that game's existence and like what's going on, and in a very funny and humorous way. Um, Oh my god! (laughs) And I really enjoyed it.
1: (laughs) So that that workshop was so much fun. We actually ended up uh, renting the um, Swedish American Music Hall, I believe, is what we rented out for our workshop, and we actually had like Viking Thrones (laughs) set up. Like it was just like all these little things that we start to do to affect the subconscious, to take people Mm. out of the like you're in the office you know, you're using your kind of system to brain to analyze things and getting people more into like, what is the emotion of being a Viking? What is the emotion of trying to take people on this hero's journey? And so yeah, it was really fun to kind of design that session
0: yeah no i can imagine that would have been a fun one to be in there erica did you have anything else to add on to that point or those points i didn't know i don't want to i'm sitting jump on here laughing the, <laughs> the only
2: thing i have to add i was feeling like there's a limitation to doing this in audio although i love podcasts If it, and i went back and if anybody needs a laugh you can see all of these things on the funworks website because some of the end results are really quite brilliant and quite funny um, And impossible to explain here so um, it's um, howfunworks.com if you want to check them out and if you need a laugh break in your (laughs) life (laughs) because uh, you can kind of see you know viking thrones we even had a i remember we had a petting zoo in one uh session that was about farmville and uh, (laughs) that was really funny yeah nba players (laughs) sitting on a very small santa's lap (laughs) <laughs> um, that came out of asking like who would be the absolutely worst person to play Santa. So there's a, there's some cool stuff there.
0: Well, I'll add a, I'll add a link to that in the <laughs> description. And I have <laughs> to say, I love all these little things that you're doing to get the creative juices flowing because I completely understand what it's like when you're in that kind of creative zone and you're coming up with stuff and not only that, but you're around other people who are creative and want to come up with ideas. And it's almost, it's creativity, like spreads like wildfire in the right situation. And this this might sound strange but i'm i am actually part of a, a ukulele comedy rap duo and, um, <laughs> we it's
2: great
0: yeah we we just do comedy rap but over a ukulele so um yeah it's bolivar dube if you want to check it out bolivar like simon bolivar and then Dub. <laughs> that is amazing yes d-u-b-h d-u-b-h uh because she's irish my 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 bandmate is irish and um yeah, it it came about because um, some friends and I, we had a bet that we would all do stand-up comedy. I've never done stand-up comedy. And I was like, I'm not naturally funny. Like, I don't plan to be funny. But one thing that I could do is kind of write rhymes. I don't know; it's not intentional. They just come to me when I can't sleep. And uh, I wrote a whole like long rap. Um, It's called White Noise. I'm a white British man with skin so pale. You think my biggest worry be the level of sunscreen on sale? I got good grades through school, university, with BSc next to my name. But I always knew there's another function of my brain. Because I want to be clear: I love hip hop like Brett Kavanaugh was. Bit in fact, that doesn't even come near. We played it and it went down really well. And we've come up with a, a number of songs since then. So yeah, it's like comedy rap with a ukulele in the background (laughs) i'll 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 send you a link to it afterwards but um yeah i know what it's like to be in that environment and that environment of creativity when you're with people like that and you're coming up with ideas it is the antithesis of death by powerpoint and i think that that kind of corporate scenario where you're like literally death by powerpoint that's the worst (laughs) because no one you just want to be out of that situation as soon as possible you're not in that situation, like, how can we do this the best way? And you're not fun. You're not enjoying it. Time isn't, oh, an hour's just passed. I can't believe that. It's the opposite. It's like, it's only been five minutes, that sort of thing. So I, I really I mean, like that you're creating that environment.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's where we kind of even started to like define our process as momentum,? right? It's like, when we're talking to clients, it's like, we're going to bring energy and momentum to these problems that you're trying to solve right? Because I think everyone gets excited about that because it's about, yes, I want my team to have energy behind this problem versus this is just like another thing on the to-do list mm. that needs to happen. All of mm. a sudden we know everybody's performance is going to improve. And so I think that's one of the things clients get most excited about is not just us like solving the problem as, as kind of a, an agency partner, but like motivating the rest of their team um, because there's so many different moving parts, you know, to actually have success nowadays.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I can definitely see more and more the value of your work that you folks are doing. Now, I I was hoping to ask you, like, what is FunWorks method to making employees of a business more creative? I know we've touched on that um, quite a bit in this episode. Do you have anything else to add before I move on to my last question?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. When we lead these sessions and, uh, and we've now done them with, I mean, close to a hundred different companies. And one of the most encouraging moments was when some chief marketing officers started asking us if we could also come in and train all the other employees in the company. And so much of that is because, you know, people bring together these brilliant, brilliant individual creatives onto their team. And yet the team doesn't have a method for working together. So some of the techniques that we, that we teach, they're sort of tenets of, of every fun workshop, which of course are unique to every client you know, of course it's keeping it fun, right? Make it like an idea party. And that's, you know, got unexpected elements. And there's just an environment of openness. But uh, you want to include different perspectives. So you want cognitive diversity and bringing people together who don't usually interact, but who have deep knowledge of different aspects of the work that might approach solving the problem differently. And you want to find very clever ways to get a whole lot of ideas captured in a short period of time. I think this is one of the biggest problems that people have in this sort of extremely boring, you know, death by a bad brainstorm situation where you're like there's one dominant person who's taking forever to tell their idea you think about instead of that having everyone just pair up with one other person and talk through their idea or having everybody write it on a post-it note and then put them up so that you know you've got every single person in the room sharing an idea within the period of three minutes and we do a lot of those kind of clever and useful facilitation techniques in our sessions and we teach them to people many are easy the other thing that we use a lot is this idea of sort of flipping your questions right so there's a way that you can pretty easily think about how you talk with people and how you ask questions and change it from being close-ended questions where there's really just one right answer into being open-ended questions where there's just any number of answers. So, you know, a good example of this is let's say you ask somebody you know, in the math world, you say, what's five plus five? Well, it's 10. There's pretty much one answer. And that's an example of a closed ended question, but you could get in the same territory by asking, you know, what are, what are two things that can get put together to make 10? Uh-huh. Well, really there's infinite answers to that question because it's an open ended question that invites elaboration you could get really creative with it so it's it's teaching people how to ask questions about their most important problems in a way that are open and that really invite new solutions and of course you know finding these fun ways of bringing in something radically different getting back into this kick everyone out of the cul-de-sac yeah (laughs) if it seems silly you know What's the worst idea to solve it? How could we combine this with some other thing? And then I think another, two other really essential things. One this is so silly, but so powerful is to always find a way to capture the ideas. And in big meetings, you can hire in a graphic illustrator who's capturing everything in, in pictures. But if you don't have resources for that, you know, just assign one person to take the notes. And what that does is it frees everybody else to come up with the ideas rather than trying to come up with them and keep track of them. And where that helps is that we've all got pretty limited short-term memory. You know, that's like the whiteboard in your brain that is like, everything's written in invisible ink that disappears in 45 seconds. Right. Mm. And when you're stressed or when you're trying to do a lot of things at once, it gets really limited. So when you're stressed, you might only be able to kind of play around with four different ideas and combine them. But when you're loose and when you're able to just focus on that one idea, your working memory might expand to being able to play with eight different ideas. And because creativity is is so often recombinatory, you know, if you can play around with combining eight different disparate ideas in comparison to playing around with you know, combining only four different disparate ideas in your mind, you get exponentially more unique ideas. And so that simple act of having somebody capture the ideas, so that you can keep generating them is tremendously useful. So I mean, there's a there's sort of a a handful of some of the techniques that we use that are essential, but but I think your listeners could just bring into their everyday life.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed those. And especially the the open-ended questions even then when you said that five plus five yeah it's ten and then you said what are other ways to get to ten i'm thinking like two hands i guess you yeah. got like five fingers five thumbs well not five thumbs but yeah you get what i mean yeah. and like even then that brought in a whole world of thoughts and ideas of like what else could could get to ten i so. will say
1: eric has asked this question a lot i've never heard two hands before so i really <laughs> like that answer
2: i go. mean i That's never good. hear this i just say you i'm like five hungry people five sandwiches i must be hungry right now
0: yeah maybe it says that like, i don't know my hands are in front of me i guess <laughs> maybe that's just what i'm looking at um but yeah do you do you have um anything to add on to this kenny i know we've gone over it a lot but i'd love to give you the opportunity to to answer if you've got anything to add
1: no i i actually think that erica covered it really well uh um, oh, i agree
0: yeah so <laughs> uh, She did a good job and um, I just have one final question for you and we've kind of discussed the environment you're creating with this kind of new wave of creativity and we've also discussed the traditional death by brainstorm, death by PowerPoint, that kind of grey office environment where we're stuck in those cul-de-sacs and we're obviously trying to make that transition from one space to another. But during this, uh, this transition, have you faced objections from conventional workplaces that take a more traditional approach to business, uh, believing work shouldn't be playful and that it should be serious and grown up? And if so, like what are your feelings towards these businesses? And do you believe there's any element in truth in what they believe?
1: Oh, God, I love this question so much. <laughs> I think first of all, to the first part of your question, like uh, have we faced objections? I'm, I'm going to say no, because t- typically those people don't take our calls. Um, FunWorks is a pretty self-selecting name (laughs) Um, but you know what I would say uh, that I definitely run into the resistance that I run into is objections to creative collaboration I just think there's a way of working where some organizations like to like keep people to swim in their own lanes right and and it's like actually I want I want the solo creative genius for the big creative idea but I think my experience is that actually the creative idea can come from anywhere, right? <clears throat> Especially just having done this so many times. It's like the great creative idea could come from the engineer that no one wanted to invite to the brainstorm, right? Or the customer service agent who everyone says they don't get marketing. Right? Like the odds of landing on a creative idea, they just increase when you when you bring in all these diverse perspectives and I think that the challenge, though, that people run into or what they confuse is that, like, they confuse creativity and craft. And I want to make sure I draw this distinction because, like, I feel like creativity can come from anywhere, but it really does take a master craftsman to kind of forge that spark into something special. And so really what we're trying to create is first we're trying to open up people's imaginations and spark that creativity. So then all of these specialists that exist, you know, within an organization to bring an idea to life can start to craft within their specialty. And so I think that's, that's the thing that's, um, by having that, defi- that separation, I think that's the thing that makes me even more confident in what we do. And I think push back against, you know, the people who say like creative collaboration leads to diluted ideas. I, I definitely don't agree with that. Uh, to your other question about like, you know, people who aren't playful at work, is that a wrong way of thinking? <laughs> I definitely don't think that. Like, I actually love. Uh, like, I I have this part of me that like that's all about the fun, but I also have this part of me that's like there are times and places where it's like you're having the serious conversations. I think we're just trying to say that like there's this fun and lack of creativity that's been sapped out of out of the workplace, and that that needs to there needs to be put attention towards that, and it needs to be reinserted um, to help people get to new ideas.
0: Yeah. Well, it seems like you're doing good work in this field. Uh, to reinstate it or even instate it, i'd say because i think it's something that's never truly existed to the extent that it should and uh yeah hopefully it it comes along in leaps and strides well those are all my questions for this episode and if people do want to keep up with what you're doing how can they reach out contact you follow you where can they go
1: yes i I think uh check out howfunworks.com i think that's where you can check out some of the work that we have there. And then um, we're also on Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, those places where you can find us as well.
0: Excellent. Well, Erica, Kenny, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure. Awesome, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank
2: you, it's been a pleasure.
0: Growing a company has many hurdles, from securing funding to expanding your business capabilities to ranking better on search. Each business challenge is uniquely complex. The solution to these challenges is growth-focused digital PR and marketing, and that is where our sponsor Publicize comes in. Publicize sets itself apart from traditional PR companies, it doesn't charge large retainers or churns out press releases whether you've got a newsworthy announcement or not. Publicize builds your business's online presence and gets high-quality PR and media coverage for startups and entrepreneurs who are priced out of a broken PR industry. And for a limited time only, exclusive to Brains bike Back listeners, you can receive an SEO assessment as part of your package for any tier of service at no extra charge with this special promotion. To find out more, visit publicize.co slash bbb. That's publicize.co slash bbb. This is the end of today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this and you want to hear more episodes just like it, then follow and subscribe to Brains Spike Back wherever you get your podcasts. We're also available on YouTube under the channel of our publication, The Sociable. Just search Brain Spike Back and you'll find all of our episodes there. We really love hearing what you have to say. So leave us a review on iTunes or on any other podcasting platform to let us know what you think. You can also reach out on Twitter at, at The Sociable. And finally, go to sociable.co where you can find all our episodes and plenty of articles on topics just like this. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, stay safe and stay healthy.